streaming on Paramount Plus. You ready, Bob? Well, all right. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley, One Love. Rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Welcome into another edition of the Gig'em 24-7 Sports Podcast. I am Andrew Hattersley, joined as always by Brian Peroni. Brian, we've made it to the dead period. Um, you know, after a busy month of, of camps and official visits, uh, how was how your weekend kind of, you know, this was a bit, you know, a bit quieter of a weekend for the most part, really. Yeah, I mean, A&M still had, what, four official visitors, but four, I mean, it was yeah. the smallest of the month. And, you know, the dead period started on Monday. And so you think that's going to be relatively quiet, but I think Monday had more commitments across the country than any other day that I've seen Sunday night and Monday were just crazy. Cause I think all these kids, now they've taken visits, they want to get their spots locked up. So they're getting a spot in a class. I also think these coaches want to take vacations. So they want to get these <laughs> kids locked down before, you know, before they head out of town. Cause this is really the only July is really the only time of year they can truly take a vacation anymore. So, you know, I was like, oh, let's get all these locked down and then, you know, turn out the lights when you head out of town. So, yeah, it's it was the dead period Monday, but it may have been the busiest, you know, so far, the busiest day in the recruiting cycle. Yep. And A&M was one was one of those landed a commitment from Katie Pato, uh, linebacker Damian Sanford. Uh, we'll touch on him for sure in this in this podcast. I don't think anybody's had a had a better month of June than he has. He saw his recruitment really take off um this past month and and went ahead and made his decision i know brian you spoke to him on monday um and you're right i mean this is kind of the last break for coaches obviously there's that week in july that um i think kids are going to try to get out to as many schools as they can as well but really before the season starts now there's like one week of of recruiting and and pretty much it's 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 kind of a chance to breathe and because you kind of go right from the season into signing day into evaluation period so uh, you know, yeah, well, I mean, even that July, chance. even that July date heads basically straight into uh, fall, fall camp. camp after that. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, this this really is, you know, just their only time. And I think, you know, you you see the coaches were definitely happy that uh, that this July dead period got put in. It was originally put in, I think now, probably eight or nine years ago now. And I think the main reason was, is that uh, this is was the time of year that the opening was held at the Nike headquarters in Oregon. And even though uh, Beaverton's just outside of Portland, all these kids would somehow, you know, make their way down to the university of Oregon campus in Eugene, which is, you know, a couple hours drive away. But so Oregon was getting, you know, all the the top 150 players in the country were all down the street from them. And they were just getting all these kids on campus in, uh, in July when other schools weren't. So I think that's probably the impetus for what happened. And, and uh, yeah, coaches are, they definitely don't mind this time of, of not having any visitors. Yep. No chance, chance for some vacations. And I know Jumbo went to Africa last year, obviously, which we talked about. So just a chance to recharge the batteries and media days are, are only a couple of weeks away, really. Um, but getting into the big news from Monday, um, Texas A&M landing their first commitment in just a, a, over two months. Um, you know, they had kind of that run of the three right after the spring game with, uh, Braven Rogers, Javon Thomas, and Tyler White. Um, then land Damian Sanford, who, uh, for those who haven't kind of followed his story, at the beginning of June, 
Um, he he had some interest, uh, but did a private workout with Texas A&M and tested off the charts, um, his athleticism. And, you know, he was really productive at Katy Pato as this past season as well. So it was a bit surprising that his recruitment kind of stayed under the radar. But um, from there, things kind of just exploded for him. And uh, But that Texas A&M offer really meant a lot. And I know, Brian, you spoke to him yesterday about that he kind of knew when he got that A&M offer – kind of where he where he kind of had his mind at and and went ahead and made made the decision on Monday and it's it's a big ad for the for the for A&M um to get a linebacker in the class obviously still going for for guys like Anthony Hill and Darian Gallette um but but this is a big first one to get and and a guy who can definitely see his his rating continue to rise over the course of the fall yeah so I had put in a crystal ball for Sanford on Friday I think and I had said, you know, I expect all four services that make up the uh, composite, I think, will end up just they'll keep making them rise, just like schools are discovering them. I think uh, the recruiting the services, you know, are also, you know, getting to see him more. Uh, the, you know, I think a big reason with the schools offering is that he's gotten a lot bigger. You know, he was a bit of an undersized yeah. linebacker before. But the the interesting thing is that all those offers that he picked up, it was TCU on the very first of June and an A&M, Texas, LSU and Alabama, I think in that order. I'm not positive about the TCU one, but the other ones, A&M, Texas, LSU and Alabama. He was on campus for all those. And I believe he had workouts at all of them. Uh, he might not have at Texas, but I think he did. So they're all offering after they see him in person or working out. So these aren't just like, hey, this kid's sort of blowing up. Let's throw our hat in the ring. Yeah, they got a chance to see him in person. They were really impressed by what they saw. I mean, Alabama every year, you know, A&M is becoming on that level too where they can pick and choose who they want from across the country. But Alabama and Nick Saban have long been like that. And, you know, the fact that they offered during, you know, right before a senior year at camp means they really liked him and really liked what they had yeah. to see. And and that was the same thing with A&M. I mean, I don't – even he wasn't – he wasn't even expecting an offer, and I don't think he expected to absolutely blow A&M away like he did. Yeah, and, and like like we mentioned, it was with you know his broad jump numbers, and and some of those were just really really good. And to your point, I thought that was one of the cooler parts of the story was, um, you mentioned he he kind of teared up when he when he started to get that offer, and just what it meant for him and his him and his family. It really it really meant a lot. And um, you know, it's it's linebacker is probably one of the biggest needs in this in this class for A and M and. And so to get a guy like that, that that has the true athleticism and range that he has to be able to cover and, and come off the edge, um, I think is is really, really huge. And to get him in the boat early as well um, and start to generate some momentum as well heading into July. Um, the other big news of the of the of the weekend, and we've we've talked, it feels like a nauseum over the last couple of weeks about this. Um, Jaden Rashada, as it, as expected over the past week, uh, picks Miami this past weekend. Um, also, by the way, so, la last week we talked about Rashada and we it looked like he was going to Florida at that time. And I yeah, think and things kind of hey, look at all, look at all the different schools that have been leaders in the last month or so. It had been Ole Miss and then Oregon and then Florida. And we're like, you know, even though he's got an announcement planned for this coming weekend, you know, that's what we were saying last week. Yeah. It could be a totally different school, and guess what? It was a totally different school. It was the one that got him on that final official visit. And you know, you kind of, it kind of felt like that could be that could be something. Obviously, there's there's a reason he pushed back his commitment when he did, and and to be able to get that 
that final look at Miami and and things kind of turned on the on on a dime there and um it's obviously a it, it's a big win for for uh Miami to get him in the fold and Dante Moore AM had him I was speaking to few folks about him last week and you know Oregon kind of feels like the school right now that has the most uh momentum for him and so AM uh puts an offer on the table for Austin Novosad and we've we have we've been talking about him for for it feels like the past two months and just say ever since Eli Holstein kind of committed decommitted to to keep him on the radar and AM does put an offer on the table he was in town for the um the state seven on seven tournament. And uh, I thought it looked really sharp. He went up against DJ Lagway and, um, you know, Dripping Springs ended up holding on for a, for a win there. A bit of a controversial call, actually. There was a um, pass interference called and uh, I guess Willis didn't have the chance to de- really decline the penalty and keep the touchdown. So they kind of had to go for it again and didn't end up getting it. And so uh, just a really weird ending to that game. But Nova said, you know he's he's looked ever, he's looked really impressive wherever he's gone. He's picked up the Ohio State offer, obviously oh, they're in the mix as well. Makes really quick decisions. The ball comes out of his hand really really well, um, especially on the intermediate intermediate routes. It feels like he's he's really accurate in that front. And um, I think A&M, I think you know it, it was kind of interesting to to follow this. You know I, you and I have talked about this quite a bit. I think AM needed to offer this weekend and get into the mix. Obviously he's got yeah, we, yeah, we had said so, that. We had said that on here. Said if AM's going to offer it has to be now. And yeah, uh and, and they did. You know, it didn't come as a surprise when he was on campus that he was yeah, offered. He's gonna go to Elite Eleven and um that gets underway this you know today on on Tuesday. Um and guys are kind of arriving in town. They took a quick vacation as well in between um, just as a family. And I think once he gets back from there, he'll start to figure things out. And I think, I think he, I definitely get the sense talking to him that he wants this out the way so he can start turning his focus towards this high school season and, and kind of be done with, with recruiting as well. So I would expect something to happen pretty quickly after he gets back from elite 11. Uh, yeah, you, uh, you described him as a guy who makes quick decisions and, you know, even though the A&M offers brand new and the Ohio state offers is pretty new it came earlier this month and then he took an official after that uh, i think he's going to decide between those three relatively soon after he gets back from elite 11 he wants it out of the way and he wants him to be locked down whether he st- he chooses to stay with baylor or a&m or ohio state or a bit of a wild card he did visit uh, georgia they haven't offered yet but he did visit georgia and if they offer it could throw a wrench in things but i don't think it would be i think I think he's happy with the three choices with Baylor, Ohio State, and A&M. And I think uh, Baylor is probably sweating A&M the most, and for good reason at this point. I mean, the Aggies have been recruiting him a long time. He's from an A&M family. I mean, uh, you know, he's been at, you know, came to camp last year, you know, really hoping for that offer. They ended up, you know, taking Eli Holstein right after. So, you know, I think Jimbo Fisher was able to sort of smooth that over. And, you know, he realized, hey, yeah, they had a kid committed. And, you know, they were going after some others, but uh, I don't think he's a consolation prize. I don't think A&M views him as a consolation no. prize, but even if so, he's a really good consolation prize. I mean, he's a guy yeah. we've mentioned on the boards for a while. Even I think even when Holstein was still committed, mentioned him on the boards as, hey, you know, him and Jackson Arnold are the top QBs in Texas, sort of by far. And yeah. they're not as far apart as their rankings at the time. At the time, Nova said was a three-star. Everybody's come around more and I'm now in He's a, a four-star, and he keeps going higher. I mean, we are saying, yeah, the, these guys are, are head and shoulders uh, 
better than anybody else. And let's say he ends up at AM. You know, people, everybody sort of pencil and Wigman in as this like multiple year starter, but Austin Novoset is not going to roll over. And I mean, it wouldn't be like a huge upset if he lets, you know, down the road and, and he and Wigman are the two guys going after it if he won the job. You know, it wouldn't be a huge upset. Nobody would be like just floored, you know, because he's really good. Yeah, really good. And it just, you know, kind of um, getting a chance to to kind of watch him this weekend. Uh, one of the big takeaways within within a couple throws, you know, you just you just quickly notice how how well the ball comes out of his hand. Um, and, you know, he's got a really sharp delivery. Honestly, I know everybody has has kind of, you know, jumped on. DJ Lagway in the 2024 class and rightfully so of the two guys, you know, kind of the two of them going head to head, Austin Novosad had the better day. And, um, and so, Oh yeah. Novosad is more polished at the moment for sure. Lagway's uh, potential is through the roof, but Novosad's more polished right now. And, and and Lagway certainly had his moments as, as well. But um, I just thought Austin Novosad looked really, really sharp. Um, You know, he, kudos to the mesquite horn secondary because they were kind of the the one the one team that kind of gave lagway and novasad some problems in terms of their length i mean i think their whole the secondary second. is is d1 you know people yeah you know they started out with some smaller offers now dj coleman's committed to baylor and i think one of the other guys committed to north texas but yeah their secondary is uh, loaded so their secondary and just the length and size there so kudos i mean they 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 had a really good afternoon on on friday but um, yeah, it's going to be a really interesting storyline to kind of watch. And, um, yeah, again, I, I, I don't expect it to, to last too long once this week is kind of done with, with elite so 11. Uh, we didn't, we haven't, we haven't really talked about this, so I may be putting you on the spot here. What does A&M do? Let's say Nova sad sticks with Baylor. What is, uh, where does A&M go a quarterback? Boy, you know, that's really interesting. A guy that I'm a big fan of, um, and would I think would be really interesting if AM were to get into the mix. I don't know whether I don't know whether you'd be interested or not. But uh Jake Strong's a guy that that makes, you know, really sharp decisions. Um, you know, he's committed he's, to Texas he's a Tech. Texas Tech commit out of Justin Texas Northwest. Tech commit right now. Um uh, was at AM camps AM's camp last summer. Um and I remember both you and I kind of noticed this that uh Jimbo Fisher had a lot of praise for him and we talked about it last summer about you know his ball placement his accuracy um you know whether AM would choose to target a guy like that Marcel Reed they could they could try to go after him at, at Ole Miss um uh, you know he's a guy that they've, they've shown interest in the past yeah he was um, a camp last I think summer those, as well I don't I, I think maybe Ricky be, maybe Ricky Collins out of Baton Rouge now Maybe he's committed Ricky to Collins. Purdue at the moment, but uh, both LSU and Florida State are trying to trying to flip him, and A and M could get you know more involved there. They offered him at one point, but and I know Brock Glenn's a name that gets mentioned amongst a bunch of schools that you know, depending on what happens with Rashada and more. Where do you think they'd go? What do you? Where do I, you I, think I, I honestly don't know. I mean, it would sort of have yeah. to have to be reset again because I think this whole time it's been clear. You know, even when they offered Rashada and more and uh, Pierce Clarkson. It was those guys in Novasad. I mean, it was, you yeah. know, because they remained in contact. So if all four of those are just off the board, I think AM, you know, resets itself. Uh, maybe even looks at a complete sleeper like Cade Tessier, a guy uh, from Montgomery Lake Creek High School, which yeah. they got to decide which they are. You can't be Lake and Creek. I grew up, you know, I went to Clear <laughs> Lake and our rival was Clear Creek and it was Lake and Creek. So, but Montgomery Lake Creek, uh, he had an incredible day at AM and, you know, it's a guy they had asked to come because they liked his workout film. 
So, you know, maybe a complete sleeper like that, but I would expect, you know, like a Ricky Collins or Marcel Reed or something like that for AM to go after if things don't happen. But I do like where they're at with Nova said. You know, it's not nothing's a done deal. You know, he hasn't told anybody anything, but I do like the position. I think AM, you know, would rather be in their spot at the moment than anybody else's. I do too. And you know, even you know, just having some conversations over the last couple of months, this is this doesn't catch Baylor by surprise at all with with Nova said when I was talking with some folks after um, Eli Holstein decommitted one of the first things they kind of thought about is well is A&M going to jump into the mix for for Nova said and I, I think they're very cognizant that you know he's an A&M you know legacy and 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 his ties there are very very strong and so um, this is certainly something that Baylor has been kind of keeping an eye on and sweating for for a little while now and um, now it just comes a time for him to to ultimately see if 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 he makes the jump or not. Um, and you know, I don't, I, I, but I, one thing I don't think is this, you know, delay them waiting until July. I think you and I have talked about this before, but once Jimbo Fisher kind of gets in a room and and kind of outlines his plan and talks, yeah. uh, things get smoothed over very quickly. And so I don't think there's going to be any issues with that. I think it's ultimately going to come down to does he want to stick with Baylor, who was one of the first to jump in or um, does he make the move to A&M or, or Ohio state as well? Um, it's, it's going to be, it's, it's going to be interesting to watch over the next couple of weeks. And uh, you know, I think once, once A&M gets a quarterback in the fold, you'll start to see the momentum and, and who they're able to recruit around and be able to point to, I will say too, I talked to a lot of kids this week and I was down at state seven on seven last week um, and kind of got the pulse talking to kids about, about um, who had who have seen Austin Novosad, they've seen Jaden Rashada, they've seen Dante Moore, and a lot of guys, a lot of prospects, kind of talked about. Yeah, Austin Novosad can really, really play, and and they've got a lot of respect for him. He's got a, he's got a lot of respect amongst his peers, yeah. um, which is not the case. You know, they 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 you know when you're when you don't have the microphone on, they'll give you the honest opinion. They had <laughs> high praise for Dante Moore and Jaden Rashada, but. Um, you know, a lot of guys had a lot of high praise for Austin Novosad too, and 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 what his skill set really is. So no, for sure, and a QB uh, a QB room of of uh, Connor Wigman and Austin Novosad would be would be something that a receiver would look at and and like for sure. No doubt, no doubt. Um, speaking of committed prospects, AM also had a couple other uh, committed prospects on campus this weekend. Um, got Peyton Bowen on back on campus for another unofficial visit. Um, Bowen's been committed to Notre Dame since January, but um, has taken unofficial visits to you know a couple different schools, and uh, you know right now has continued maintaining he's locked in on his commitment to Notre Dame. But I don't think it's a bad thing to just continue getting him on campus. No, and if somebody if somebody is is completely locked in, they're not even taking official. I mean, yeah. unofficial visits. So there's definitely interest on his part. He comes from uh, Denton Geyer, a school that A and M has recruited well. I mean, they have uh, Eli Stowers and Deuce Harmon on the yeah. roster, you know, at this point that, you know, helps. And it's also, I mean, this is usually the time of year that players, you know, if they make really early commitments like he did, they start to realize distance is a bit of a factor, you know, they didn't really consider that or, you know, just yeah. sort of tabled it. And now they're starting to realize that. So I think A&M will be able to sell that, be able to sell distance too. No doubt. And, you know, even getting him back on campus for, um, you know, a game this fall, maybe getting him back for the pool party, um, which 
which they've they've talked with a lot of kids about this month. I know somebody asked when the official visit, when the list will come out. That'll be a couple of weeks from now when they start finalizing plans. Yeah, and, a lot of kids they, always say, "Yeah, I'll be there." But this will be loaded. It's going once again. It's going to have kids from across the country that'll yeah. all be in town again that final weekend in July. No doubt, and I would, you know, I would caution the the people who on the board have made these you know, post at A&M is getting, you know, Steve rolled and recruiting and, and, you know, all this stuff. Patience things. I, yeah. I was like, well, yeah. Ever, it's, ever since he's been in Florida state, Jimbo Fisher has been a closer. Yeah. He will always close strong. And also right now, A&M is recruiting nationally with the, yeah. you know, recruiting the best of the best. Those guys don't commit early. They just don't, they don't, you they know, don't. a few, a few may, but I mean, don't, I mean, do AM fans, they've it's like they've already forget forgotten the early signing day from last year, or yeah. even the later exactly. signing day with picking up commitments on that day, you know, Shamar Stewart yeah. and Jacoby Matthews and you know, all these guys committing late. It's like just you know, chill. Just right now, AM AM had never even had Walter Nolan in town at this time a year ago. Exactly. You know, he was the jewel of the class last year. So so give, give it a, give it until yeah. the pool party. Can and you be patient? Just be, can you be no. patient. Yeah, yeah. I've no, seen it, those it, posts. I've seen a lot of them of, you know, oh, bro, recruiting's a mess, right? Uh, you, know, you know, I know Aggie fans stuff. have been burned in the past, you know, and yep. they've been, they've been sold optimism and then A&M has not closed strong, but Fisher has proven. Yeah. I mean, okay. Last year, again, A&M doesn't have enough spots. They're not going to break the record from last year, but this is going to yeah. be another really good class, class you know yeah. like uh, there's been a couple guys have come off the board uh, tony mitchell obviously they really wanted he went to you know committed to bam over the weekend they'll keep recruiting him but he came off the board harris sewell most likely headed to, to clemson this week when he announces so yeah. you know some guys yeah you know they lost out on but most of their you know ruben owens we talked about to louisville we said we said that's not over you know yeah. but but most of their targets are still uncommitted or yeah. Or they're committed to other schools and they came on campus like the other yeah. official so, uh, visitor yeah. this weekend. The other one was a uh, Zachariah Branch, and this was also a return trip for him. And um, you know, all the indications are he really you know enjoyed his trip. Is is he going to flip right away? No, but um, I think the the feeling with him is just continue to get him back on campus. Just continue to plug away. Oh, yeah. Um, there's a long he's, he, way to go. He's supposed to be back for the, for the pool party. And the one thing, you know, he's, the- he's been committed to USC for a while now, I think since Christmas, Christmas Eve, yep. something like that, maybe New Year's Eve. Uh, but he's going to been committed to USC for a while. His brother just signed with USC in the 22 yep. class Ion branch safety. So that's definitely helping the Trojans and distance, you know, from Las Vegas. But, you know, for this being, you know, he took an official day and him the weekend after he had taken official to USC's huge weekend. I think they had 20 something official visitors. Like, yeah, they had a I don't even know how you keep track of that many, but, you know, they had their huge weekend. And for him to rave about it and for, you know, just reports that, that we've heard from sources and things like that, how well it went coming straight off a USC visit. I mean, that's about all that, you know, as much as AM could have hoped for, you know, for the for the top receiver in the country to be on campus and to be truly considering AM despite having been a long time commit to Lincoln Riley and also having a brother that just signed with with USC no doubt it'd be one thing if he just came on the visit and you know kind of said I'm gonna you know stick with USC but to, to come off that official visit and then already be kind of eyeing a return visit for the for the pool party later in the summer is a good is a good sign for AM and and again just keep plugging away on that and and keep getting him on campus as many times as you can and being able to talk to him and you know I think with a guy like that it 
and other guys, you know, speaking to Jalen Hale this weekend, um, you know, he's he's going to take his three official visits during the fall. Um, and it's going to be interesting. You know, we've talked about it before where he kind of fits into the, the wide receiver. I think Georgia and USC are kind of the two schools right now that have, have set the bar with these two official visits. Um, and he's, he certainly said that, that, you know, those two are probably the top two because I've taken the official visits there. Yeah. And, you know, where he's eyeing official visits to Texas A&M, Texas and Alabama during the fall. But with with Branch, if you start to show him a a strong passing game, if you can sell off of, uh, you know, Evan Stewart having a big year, getting early playing time. And uh, I think that'll start to quell some of the concerns. It only takes really one or two guys to really and Chris Marshall, too. We you know, we, he doesn't get mentioned enough as as well. But, you know, if he takes off as well, you have a couple guys there that you can really, really sell. Um, in terms of wide wide receiver production, and those concerns will start to to go away. I think, you know, he's 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 a guy that's going to be watching AM's passing game and watching what happens there. And um, you know, AM just kind of has to be patient and continue to get him get him on campus and and continue talking to him. And as as long as he's open to it, um, you've got a chance. But you're right. I mean, his brother signing with USC certainly helps the Trojans. Dustin certainly plays a factor there as well. But um, you know, he's this is his second trip to AM. So um uh, certainly something to keep note of. And then another uh big target who was on campus this weekend again um for another trip. He's been on campus several times is Malik Muhammad. And um you know, he's also looking to to get back for the pool party in, in late July. And big to get him on campus, I think, because you know, Texas has kind of created some buzz with him over the past couple of weeks and, and months. And so um to get him on campus and, and be able to reestablish footing there. I think was 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 big to get him to get him back right before the dead period. Yeah, and he's also looking at Alabama, and Alabama just picked up a five star cornerback yeah. commit in, in Tony Mitchell. You know, Alabama may tell him Tony's a safety, and he, he very well could be. But you know, cornerbacks aren't like other positions. You really only play one or you know two one you know one at each spot though. You don't rotate them, so you know it's not like defensive line where you can recruit eight guys and say hey. You know, that means you get to be in a rotation with these other guys. Corners don't want to be in a rotation, and there's not going to be. So, you know, maybe that helps A&M. Who knows? And he's got a teammate committed to A&M as well, and, and uh, cornerback Javon Thomas. So, so yeah, it, it, so it definitely helped to get him back because A&M definitely had the momentum at one point and, and wants to get that back and is still in good shape. I mean, I think, you know, I've had a crystal ball in A&M with him, uh, and I think A&M is still probably the best shape. But, yeah, Texas has made things interesting. And, I mean, uh, you know, like it or not, they, you know, just with their recruiting weekend after picking up Archman and got, you know, some others and then got Derek Williams yesterday. So they do have a lot of momentum and and buzz. So, you know, picking up a lot of in-state offensive linemen. So, so yeah, any any kind of momentum A&M can use to counter that is, is going to be positive. No doubt. And, you know, Billy Walton reopening his commute commitment and um you know texas getting some buzz there you know it's important to have javon thomas in the mix and javon thomas um somebody asked about this a couple of weeks ago if if javon thomas is um and especially bravey and rogers are are, are big recruiters i've i've been i've kind of heard from behind the scenes javon thomas very much is recruiting guys he's he's very yeah, they're, both, they're both they're both quiet they're both quiet guys yeah. to us to us you know but i do think yeah they're they both talk to us like raven rogers has been to campus the past like three weekends. I don't know if he was this past weekend, but the yeah. two before that, you know, he is on campus recruiting, which is big because he had also been to LSU for a weekend yeah. uh, earlier in June. So yeah, he, you know, him, him being in there and for sure. A&M doesn't have the Bobby Taylor this year. 
And I mean, you don't really, you rarely see <laughs> yeah. quite that much anyway. I mean, shoot, Bobby Taylor's now taking the lead on, on Zachariah Branch as well. You know, he was at the photo <laughs> shoot there, but uh, they don't have that, but they do have, you know, guys like, you know, Colton Thomason, you know, behind the scenes, you know, working, working to land guys and, you know, keep staying in Johnny Bowen's ear, you know, even with Bowen's visiting Oregon. So, yeah. so yeah, these guys, it's, it's not as in your face as, as Bobby was, but you know, I think they, they're still our leaders and, and they're still our guys that love A&M. No doubt. And, you know, just speaking of, of Colton Thomas and, you know, he's, he's, he's really involved with a lot of the offensive line guys, obviously um, Clemson with the buzz for, for Harris Sewell um, would be, would be, a, would be a blow for A&M, but he's been in the year of, of TJ Shanahan and talking to yeah, Col- Colton's week, been working think, on TJ Shanahan for a while. And TJ I, mentioned he, Colton to me as a guy that, yeah, that he knows. Um, and that's someone I, you know, talking to some people last week, it feels like LSU and A&M are kind of the two George's in the mix as well. Um, but it feels like those kind of three schools are, are, are the ones that have caught his attention so far. So um, still plenty of, you know, of, of guys still on the board on, on that front as well. Uh, but with the season around the corner, you know, things and, and just one week of recruiting to go. Um, obviously, the fall is going to be a big, a big influence as well with with the early signing period um, six months away. At this point, we're going to look at what the what sort of impact the season might have on on recruiting and and some other key storylines heading into the the fall coming back right right after a quick break. Should you ever set foot outside of the motel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow, now streaming on Paramount Plus, only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. (laughs) Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Giggum 24-7 Sports Podcast. Um, Brian, the season is 67 days away. For those of you not looking, there's a uh, great countdown that is happening on, on the Giggum 24-7 uh, Twitter and Facebook if you want to keep up to date on on how many days to go until the season. Um, but it's gonna be it's gonna be big for AM. Obviously, you know, coming off an eight and four season, um, the number one recruiting class, a lot of a lot of people have talked about this being a big year for AM to to kind of bounce back and and you know kind of show show that next step that they can get into championship contention on a on a regular basis. Um, you know, get into the 10, 11 win range. And uh, I think that's gonna be big because I think there's a lot of guys that are waiting to see what the, what AM kind of looks like, what the defense kind of looks like with with Mike Galco moving on to to Duke and under DJ Durkin. Um, and specifically at the wide receiver spot, I think, um, you know, that's going to be really big. We talked about Evan Stewart and Chris Marshall before just to show something in the passing game and be able to show that, you know, a guy like Evan Stewart can come on campus 
and and seep time early jalen hale talked a lot about that about you know talking with evan stewart he used to train with him um what do you brian for you what do you think what what sort of impact do you think the season will have on recruiting or do you think a&m will just kind of be able to recruit regardless well usually uh you know with kids making decisions so early these days usually it pays off in the next class so i'd look more for that but receivers yes i mean a&m is in on some big time receivers you know Zachariah Branch, Hakeem Williams from uh, Fort Lauderdale, Jonte Cook still, even if he commits to Texas, you know, they're still going to continue to recruit him. Uh, you know, several Andy other Jean, uh, big yeah. time guys. Yeah. Andy Jean down from also in South Florida, uh, you know, some Micah T's from Oklahoma. These guys are all going to be watching AM and closer this fall because outside of uh, Jonte Cook, I don't think any of them are ready to make decisions anytime soon. So, uh, so, yeah, they, they'll be watching that. And the fact that Evan Stewart is just such a big personality. I mean, so mm-hmm. if he does well, he, the college football world will know that that he does well because he's <laughs> – I don't even know how many followers he has on TikTok, you know, but I know he's yeah. like a legit influencer, whatever that exactly means. But, you know, and, and every recruit knows him. So there will be a lot of eyes. So the receiver position is the one that, yeah, that this season is really going to, to have an effect on. But I would say – most of the guys it's going to be it'd be the 2024 class that's yeah, and, that's more affected by the by the upcoming season and i think a&m will also have a chance you know they they obviously just recruited a ton of guys to that that defensive line and we've we've talked about it. i think i think they'll also be able to quell some of those questions about how they're going to use all of them and you know that's one of the things oh when you talk to people oh you know a&m how they're going to be able to play all those guys and 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 show that i think I think one of the things they'll be able to sell off of moving forward after, you know, provided they can show it this fall is this is a blueprint going forward that, you know, we can recruit a deep, deep bunch of guys and this is how we're going to rotate them and, and all that sort of stuff. I think that's the other big thing that will, they'll be able to show this season. But, you know, I, I think the other, the other part to it is A&M went eight and four last year and was still able to recruit, you know, the number one class of all time for 24 seven. So yeah. Um, you know, expectations are are certainly high, and and I think I think A and M and Jimbo Fisher will be the first to tell you that they that they really want to put together a more consistent season, especially at the quarterback spot, and 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 be more explosive in the passing game. Um, and you know, receiver will obviously be the the big the big kind of question mark. But I think I think I think your point's valid that you know the twenty twenty four class and being able to generate some early momentum there. Um, especially if they can get into the conversation for the college football playoff, or at least be playing on a New York six, six bowl. I think, I think will certainly help. Yeah. I mean, that means they've, you know, beaten, you know, maybe beaten Alabama, beaten uh, LSU, you know, who, who all recruit really well, uh, beaten Miami, who not only is supposed to be really good this year, but is also now a major uh, recruiting like rival of A&M's with, you know, with A&M going into South Florida. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, if they can, if they can get that momentum, that will help a ton, and that will help some with the twenty-three class, but really that twenty-four class. Because if we talk about it, it takes a year, you know, it's it's delayed by a year. Well, how did A and M do the year before this record set in twenty twenty-two class signed? Well, they had their highest finish since nineteen thirty-nine, yeah. you know, in the the COVID shortened season. So, you know, we finished number four in the country. You're going to get some buzz, and so yeah, yeah that helped a ton. And now you're now you're recruiting off of potential and sort of the future with, Hey, you know, look at these guys we cut on, got on campus. So once there was some buzz, then they recruited well, and then the recruiting, it just sort of becomes 
almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy, you know, just all recruiting off each other. And so A&M needs to keep it up on the field. But, you know, as long as they show some life and don't, you know, last year they lost some games they shouldn't have, you know, with the, the LSU game and, and some others. But, you know, as long as they show some life and now that they, you know, injuries aren't an issue, a quarterback at least, you know, because, I mean, that that – you nobody likes your excuses, but that's a legitimate one last year. I mean, yeah, Zach Gonzalez played out of his mind against Alabama, but other than that, was not, you know, did not have a great season, you know, and and he was not expected to be the starter and was just sort of thrown in there. So, you know, you don't want to make excuses, but that, I mean, A and M didn't put its best product on the field last year, so this year, this year should be different. No doubt, and it also transitions into uh, our good buddy Colin Kennedy. I thought did a did a really good look at. Um, Speaking of another issue that AM had last year at times is along the offensive line. And um, for those who haven't checked it out, he did a really good deep dive into um, the position groups that that don't have reason to be concerned um, along the offensive line. And it kind of came off a conversation. He said that, you know, talking with some friends and things like that about well, what what teams actually don't have a concern along the offensive line. And AM was one of them. Um, and I thought, you know, brought up some good points that being able to build off Bryce Foster and Ruben Fathery is a heck of a heck of a start with, with, you know, those two guys obviously saw, you know, what's crazy is, is you aren't mentioning, I'm not really mentioning Leighton Robinson is getting all American accolades. He's also, I just saw a mock draft by an ESPN guy had him as a first round pick. And it's just like, that just shows man, how excited people are for those two, those two freshmen are, I guess now guys and sophomores and foster and, uh, and fathery that they're not even talking about, you know, potential, you know, it's way too early to do first round picks, but a potential first round pick and potential uh, all American guys, just even from fans of his own school, isn't getting a ton of attention. Just flies right under the radar. And uh, you're right. I mean, he's, he's a guy that, that, you know, went healthy last year, really able to stabilize the offensive line is, is really good, obviously, in the run game specifically. Uh, but AM really has like a good foundation. It's not going to be like last year having to replace four guys and then injuries kind of step in and, and all that. And it just got out of whack around the middle of the season. The other guy, you know, just when you and I were down at the camps, uh, the other guy that really generated a lot of buzz was um, was Trey Zoon, talking with some people about Trey Zoon. Um, and I think there's a lot of people excited to see what he does, um, you know, one person I spoke with said his athleticism is probably as good as anybody in the offensive line room. And so, uh, you know, I think having him stabilize that left tackle spot uh, would be huge. Obviously that was a, that was a weak spot for A&M last year. And that if you can kind of fill in the interior, you know, I, I, I think Colin's right. Like they could, they, this, this really could be an area of strength for A&M and it, it was one of the things that allowed them to, to have that big season two years ago with stability along the offensive line and, and good. Oh yeah. And it had the country's best offensive line that year. So yeah, that's, yeah. that's where it all starts. I'll tell you what, a guy that we saw talking about saw at camps that I'm, I don't think this is his year because he's brand new yeah. to the spot. Ernest Crownover. When he walked in, I mean, so I first met him as a 230 pound, you know, tight end defensive end. But Demetrius when, when grand when, no, no, no. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. I said Ernest. Yeah. yeah. Demetrius Cranover, sorry. I was Ernest like, you're going to get people brother. excited about no, no, that no, running no, back no, room yeah. now. Yeah. No, 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 no. Demetrius Cranover. <laughs> I first saw him as a 230-pound tight end defensive end uh, his sophomore year when Grandview won state. Now he's 6'7", 305, 
when he walked in, I mean, he looks like an NFL offensive tackle. He looks how you would build a first round pick with long arms, the height, the length. I mean, just he's still relatively lean despite being 305. I mean, he if he picks up the position, I mean, he did block in high school playing tight end, but if he, you know, it's a little different going from a high school tight end and a small school to the NSCC offensive tackle. But if he picks up the position, he has a chance to be really, really good. Yeah. Which isn't bad for a guy that when they recruited him and said, hey, we'll figure out what you are when you get to campus. Well, what he is is an offensive tackle, and he looks looks like a really good one. Yeah, and, you know, when, when we talked about him during the fall, Going out and seeing him, we we really talked about, um, you know, if, man, if this guy could just put on some weight and 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 be an offensive tackle, he has a chance to be a, re- a really really special one. He's still picking up the position, but I think one encouraging sign with him, he's one of those guys that's been very very vocal about working with Steve Adazio and the amount of things that he's already learned and and picked up from Steve Adazio. I know he ended up going, you know, Connor Stroh ended up committing to Texas this weekend, but. Um, his host was Demetrius Crownover, and and he spent a lot of time talking about, you know, all that he had learned. To him and Jordan Spasovich Moko were kind of the two guys that were really raving about getting to work with um, Steve Adazio, and both have extremely, extremely high ceilings. They're not quite there yet, I don't think, yeah. and and still have more work to do. But that's an exciting development if you can get those two guys to play at the level that they can um, and be patient with them. I'm with you. I think they both have the ceilings. The, the sky's kind of the limit for those two. And it would be a big development just in terms of we've talked about it before as well. Being able to develop offensive tackles and find offensive tackles right now, you have to be able to hit on some of those, those kind of project types and, and, and be able to develop yeah. them. And and that would be a huge development for AM if, if Demetrius Crownover can develop into kind of an NFL level offensive lineman just in terms of, of where AM is on at the tackle spot. No, for sure. Um, and I mean, so you were talking about Adazi. I mean, this I watching him this spring, a lot of the drills they would have, they would go six wide, like on board drills and other things. And it was always the five starters. And then Demetrius was working. Cause I remember first we, you know, he was 80 something last year. So we we're like, who is that kid? We didn't have a roster the first couple yeah. of days, but, uh, yeah, it was Crownover, and he was working as sort of the sixth offense lineman and getting a ton of reps with the first team. And I think, you know, that that's big and just, you know, getting his confidence up and just getting – I mean, it's muscle memory, just, you know, getting the blocking down and, and picking that up. And like I said, I don't think it's this year, but I think in, in 2023 – man, I'm getting old. When 2023, I think he's uh, <laughs> he's one to definitely keep an eye on as a, as a difference maker with the Aggies. I'm totally with you. And it's, it's, you know, when we kind of head down there next spring for, for spring practice, he's, he's one guy that's going to be fascinating to watch. And um, the other one I would, you know, I would kind of keep an eye is obviously PJ Williams. I'm fascinated to see what a year in a weight room and he, you know, what he kind of looks like. He's never had it. He's never had an off season. He's never had an off season. Basketball. So so yeah. To get him, I, I feel like he's a guy we could kind of be having this discussion, man. He looks really good now that he's put on that, that muscle and that weight and, and kind of see where he is. And so uh, those are two guys just in the future to keep, to keep an eye on. And, and, and both would, would be a real shot in the arm for A&M um, at the tackle spot. Um, looking to just 
looking ahead, you know, it's 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 decision time for a lot of recruits, and, and we'll have you covered on on that front. Um, you know, July is going to be like we talked about. Coaches are going to want to get on vacation, so um, you know, we're keep stay on the stay on the site, and, and we'll have you up up to date on all the latest there um, over on Gigum twenty four seven. Um, with SEC Media Day is also right around the corner as well when coaches kind of get back from vacation and all that. So we'll have you covered with with all the latest. Um, and we'll have it we'll, we'll we'll be back next week for the podcast as well to to kind of recap everything. I'm sure there'll be a lot of news this week as as kids continue to kind of look towards decision. Um, if you like the podcast, be sure to give us a like and subscribe on YouTube. Um, trying to get that up and and also keep give us a follow on uh, iTunes and Spotify and um, you'll get a notification every time a new podcast drops. Um, so do be be sure to continue to stay tuned to the. Gigum 24-7 Sports website for all the latest, and we'll we'll have you covered there. And until next time, have a great week, and, and we'll see you guys soon. Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation.